1: Good Tuesday morning. President Biden set to travel
2: to Israel. The message he plans to deliver. It's October 17th. This is Today. Invitation accepted. The White House revealing President Biden will head to Israel tomorrow in a show of solidarity and to push for the release of Americans being held hostage by Hamas.
3: He's coming here at a critical moment for Israel, for the region and for the world.
2: Overnight, Israel massing even more soldiers and equipment at Gaza's border. Thousands of U.S. troops now on notice to deploy. So what's next for the war and America's involvement? We'll go one-on-one with the top White House official. Breaking overnight, the gunman in a brutal terror attack on soccer fans in Belgium tracked down and killed by police. What investigators just revealed about a possible motive. Decision day, the House set to vote on a new speaker after Republicans meet behind closed doors to drum up support for nominee Jim Jordan. So after two weeks of chaos on Capitol Hill, will it finally come to an end? We're live with the very latest. Urgent manhunt. They could be anywhere inside the search for four inmates, including a murder suspect to escape from a Georgia jail, how they got out, and the race to put them back behind bars. All that plus, Hollywood love story, Suzanne Somers' longtime husband leading the tributes to his wife.
4: We had uh, 55 really wonderful years together.
2: He'll join us live to share the touching final moments they shared and to celebrate her life and legacy. Today, Tuesday, October 17th,
5: From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kutby, live from Studio 1A in
6: Rockefeller Plaza.
2: Well, good morning. Good to see you. Welcome to Today. It is a Tuesday morning.
1: Nice to have you along with us. Let's get right to our top story. President Biden heading to Israel. 2,000 U.S. troops also preparing for potential deployment to the Middle East. A show of solidarity as the Israeli military prepares for a ground offensive against Hamas at
2: any time. Meantime, Hamas has now released its first hostage video showing a woman who was reported missing from the music festival more than a week ago. This all comes as Iran
1: issues a new warning threatening, quote, preemptive action against Israel
2: in response to its strikes on Gaza. In a moment, we're gonna talk to top top White House official about all of this, but we're gonna start with NBC's chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel. Richard, good morning. Uh,
6: Good morning. Diplomatic efforts are underway to establish a safe zone in Gaza for Palestinian civilians. And for the first time, Hamas says it is willing to release foreign hostages, including Americans. Israel is continuing this morning to pound the Gaza Strip on its mission to destroy Hamas as hundreds of thousands of Israeli troops ring the area ready for a ground invasion after Hamas killed 1,400 Israelis and took hostages, including women, the disabled, and children. Hamas continues to fire rockets deep into Israel and in the north from Lebanon, The powerful Hezbollah militia is firing on Israeli troops and positions along the border, threatening to open a second front. Hezbollah could even send its fighters across the border into Israel. And Iran this morning is making new threats of unspecified preemptive strikes if Israel continues its attacks into Gaza. Secretary Blinken said President Biden will soon arrive on arguably the most difficult and physically dangerous trip of his presidency.
4: The United States and Israel have agreed to develop a plan that will enable humanitarian aid from donor nations and multilateral organizations to reach civilians in Gaza.
6: The U.S. has deployed two aircraft carrier strike groups to the eastern Mediterranean. And 2,000 American troops are on standby. A clear message. The United States is ready to back Israel in a wider war. But there are signs of hope that diplomacy and deterrence may be working. Overnight. Hamas released a video of a hostage held in Gaza, a young woman who the group says is in good health. It's unclear when the video was taken. And in a potential major development, the spokesman for Hamas's military wing said the group is holding 200 hostages and that it is willing to release the foreigners among them, which include Americans, saying they were taken by accident and are not part of the fight with Israel. The spokesman said the foreigners will be released when field conditions are right. Iran says Hamas will free hostages if airstrikes stop. In Gaza, the humanitarian crisis is growing as hundreds of thousands follow Israel's order to move south and get out of the way of a possible ground assault. U.S. officials say discussions are underway for humanitarian supplies to enter Gaza and provide relief for the 2.3 million Palestinians cut off from food, electricity and water. This is not the first time President Biden travels to a war zone. He visited Kiev in Ukraine. But at the time, no one expected that Russia's President Vladimir Putin would try and kill the president of the United States. In this case, there are more actors, Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas. They are less predictable by far. Savannah.
1: Richard, thank you very much. And we're joined now by John Kirby, the spokesperson for the White House National Security Council. Mr. Kirby, good morning to you. The president is going to an active war zone. He's done it before. This is unlike Ukraine, though, because it is uh, not it is a planned trip. It's not unannounced like Ukraine was. How concerned are you about the security situation there? Just yesterday, Secretary Blinken had to hide in shelters with with uh, the prime minister.
7: Uh, There's no question. It's a dynamic uh, area and and, and, in many ways, a a combat zone. Uh, The president's well aware of that. Obviously, we'll take all the appropriate security precautions to make sure that he can conduct this trip safely uh, and effectively. Uh, we're working on that hard, uh, even as we prepare uh, for for departure uh, later on this evening. But obviously, uh, we, we, we know it's we know it's a serious situation for a lot of people over there. You've
1: made clear that the U.S. and I'll use your words, is not dictating military terms to Israel, telling it, for example, not to invade Gaza while the president is there. So is it possible that Israel invades Gaza while the president is there?
7: That's really a better question for the Israeli Defense Forces. Uh, we're, again, we're not, uh, you know, we're not dictating terms to them in terms of how they conduct their operations. Uh, we want to get a sense from them. That's one of the reasons why the president wants to go is to speak directly with Prime Minister Netanyahu and other Israeli government officials about, about their plans, about their strategy, about how things are going on the ground. So he's looking forward very much to getting more of a fingertip feel of how things are going.
1: Overnight, Hamas released its first video of a hostage being held there, a young woman and Hamas has suggested that perhaps foreign nationals could be released when circumstances
7: allow. What is your assessment of that intent? Well, first of all, they should release them all now. There should be no reason for them to have any hostages in the first place. And number two, uh, we're obviously working very, very hard with our partners in the region uh, to secure the release of all the hostages. We know there's a small number of Americans, but all of them need to come home and be with their families. Uh, and we're working on that very, very hard. I can't predict what Hamas means when they say conditions permit. And I think we need to take any, any statement by Hamas with a huge grain of salt. Uh, what we're focused on is, is securing their release. And we'd like to have, we'd like to have that, have that happen, you know, today, immediately, if, if possible. But we'll, we'll see where things go. The, the young woman in the hostage video,
1: I mean, she looked okay. She seemed to be put together, said she was being treated okay. Do you believe
7: that? There's no question in my mind that that woman gave that video testimony under duress, uh, probably forced to do it. Uh, it's, it's a propaganda video much more than it is uh, proof of life or certainly proof of concept for ha- Hamas. It's despicable, deplorable uh, that they would take these hostages and then advertise how well they're treating them when they are the ones who hurt them in the first place. So it's reprehensible. Again, all these hostages need to be back with their families right now.
1: Hamas is despicable. There is a lot of concern about innocent Palestinians who are literally caught in the crossfire and now an unfolding humanitarian crisis with no electricity, water supplies running low if they're there at all in the South. The U.S. and Israel spent nine hours in a meeting yesterday trying to hash out this uh, humanitarian corridor. Is there a plan to help the innocent of Gaza or is there just a plan to make a plan?
7: No, we think uh, after all that terrific work uh, done by Secretary Blinken uh, with the, the War Cabinet uh, in Tel Aviv, that, uh, that we, are, we certainly have a, a path forward here to be able to get humanitarian assistance in uh, and to try to help get uh, American citizens and safe passage for others out, out of Gaza. Now, look, I, I don't want to sound Pollyannish here. There's a lot of work to be done. Uh, we know that all of us are going to have to turn our shoulders to the wheel here to get this uh, to get this complete. But uh, there was terrific progress made yesterday in moving in that direction.
1: Egypt has so far not opened the Rafah gate. Aid trucks are, are standing by. They're stopped outside the gate. Yeah. How, is that part of the president's task there? Is he going to put the pressure on to Egypt, uh, to, to other isn't. countries to say, open up these gates and, and get some relief to the people here?
7: And a short answer to your question is yes. Uh, that's obviously going to be high on the president's agenda when he goes to Israel and then later to Amman Jordan uh, tomorrow to make the case that humanitarian assistance not only needs to start but it needs to be able to to be sustainable. It needs to continue.
1: And let's talk about Iran overnight. The foreign minister there had some pretty bellicose rhetoric saying that preemptive action by Iran and its proxies is possible and a wider war was reaching the inevitable stage. Do you see any actions that match those words or is this purely bombastic rhetoric?
7: We're watching this very, very closely. We have seen no specific indication that another actor or another state um, is preparing to widen and deepen and escalate this contact, a uh, contact conflict. I'm sorry. And uh, the president's message remains loud and clear for anybody who's thinking about doing that. Don't. All right. John
1: Kirby at the White House for us. Thank you very much. Yes, ma'am.
7: We are also following breaking
2: news overnight in the wake of the deadly shooting rampage near a soccer stadium in Belgium. The suspected gunman on the run after fleeing the scene shot and killed by police. NBC's chief international correspondent Kier Simmons has the very latest. Hi, Kier. Good morning.
5: Hoda, good morning to you. Belgium's Justice Minister just now providing the shooter's first name, Abdul Salam, and an initial for his second name, L, saying he is a 45 year old Tunisian man. Hoda, European diplomats I've spoken with in recent days feared that events in Israel would spark violence in Europe. This morning, it's not clear whether that's what this is, whether this attack is connected. <laughs> This morning, hours after this killing spree, people running for cover as a shooter fires directly at victims. An overnight manhunt ending with a suspect shot dead. I was frozen. I couldn't move, this witness says. He came back out and shot another bullet. Two were killed, Swedish soccer fans in Brussels for a big match this the moment the game was called
4: off. I think everyone was quite scared.
0: It's crazy, of course. It's it's a hit against democracy.
5: The Belgian prime minister saying a man who posted on social media claiming responsibility for the attack said he was inspired by
0: ISIS. Last night, three people left for what was supposed to be a wonderful soccer party. Two of them lost their lives in a brutal terrorist attack. In September, a riot
5: broke out in Sweden over the burning of a Koran. While in 2016, suicide bombers at Brussels airport killed more than 30. The French president saying Europe is shaken. Brussels has been hit by an Islamic terrorist attack. Again, Europe already on edge with the war in the Middle East ramping up. The Belgian prime minister resolute overnight. Terrorism will never defeat us. And this morning, Belgium's interior minister says the possibility of accomplices cannot be ruled out. Belgium and many other European countries have raised their tariff levels, Hoda. They're unlikely to reverse that while the crisis in Israel continues. Hoda. All
1: right. Kier Simmons for us there in London. Kier, thank you. Much more to get to. As we say, good morning to Craig. Hi there.
0: Hey, Savannah. Hoda, good morning. Good morning to you as well. Today marks two weeks since the historic ousting of the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. And today. We are expecting a vote on the Republicans' latest nominee, Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan. But at this point, it's not yet clear if he's going to have enough support to even get the gavel. NBC's senior Capitol Hill correspondent Garrett Haight joins us now from Washington. So, Garrett, talk to us about what's been happening behind the scenes over the last 24 hours. What have your sources been telling you?
8: Oh well, hey Craig, good morning. Look, the hard right, Jim Jordan and his allies have been very busy working the phones and publicly trying to pressure the dozens of Republicans who had initially opposed him for this job and by NBC's count, he's getting close to the 217 votes he'd need to win the speakership in that floor vote planned for later today. But look, there are still at least a handful of lawmakers in his own party who say they can't vote for Jordan or at least they can't vote for him yet, and he can only afford to lose four Republican votes if all the Democrats stick together. So that means we we may be looking at something like what we saw back in January, where it took multiple rounds of votes, in this case for Jordan or for anybody else, to lock down the speaker job. And part of his strategy, by the way, appears to be to put his detractors on the record, make them explain why opposing him is more important than electing a speaker after these two weeks with Congress totally frozen. We may see it start to thaw out today, Craig. Garrett,
0: yeah, let's talk about the other big story there in Washington, making headlines this morning, the federal judge imposing a partial gag order on Donald Trump. What exactly does that mean for the former president?
8: Well, look, this could have huge implications for the former president on the campaign trail. Now, Judge Chutkin here in D.C. ruled that Mr. Trump is prohibited now from making statements publicly targeting her or her staff, the special counsel's office or any potential witnesses in this ongoing election interference case. That's going to be tough for Mr. Trump to follow. He has made his legal dramas and attacking his perceived legal opponents a central theme of his campaign. A Trump spokesman called the decision an absolute abomination and said they, quote, stuck a knife in the heart of our democracy. Mr. Trump himself has vowed to appeal this decision. Craig, to me, the big question is... If, is if if or when Mr. Trump violates this order, how will the judge try to enforce it? Craig. All right. Our senior Capitol Hill correspondent, Garrett Hakeforce there. Garrett, thank you.
1: Also this morning, the FBI has joined the search for four inmates who escaped from a jail in Bibb County, Georgia, yesterday. One of the fugitives, 52-year-old Joey Fournay, was accused of killing his girlfriend last year. Officials say the men slipped out through a broken window and a fence that had been cut. They believe that someone in a blue Dodge Challenger recorded at the scene may have tampered with that fence. They do not know, however, if that was also the escape car.
2: All right, we've got 16 minutes after the hour. Time to say good morning to Al. Hey, Al, morning.
9: Good morning, guys. Good to have Craig back, and good to have you back, too. A little on the chilly side from Wisconsin all the way down to Oklahoma. We've got fr- frost and freeze advisories out there. Right now, temperatures upper 30s to low 40s from Chicago, Mitchell down to Fort Smith and Terre Haute, Indiana. But around the Plains into the Rockies, we've got still some summertime hanging out. Pierre, uh, South Dakota, 17 degrees above average at 78 degrees. Same in Santa Fe, Omaha, 71 degrees. Tomorrow, that warmth moves to the East Chicago. You're going to be near 70, 63 in Green Bay, Cincinnati, 68. A little bit warmer than usual. But then as we head into the latter part of the week, into the weekend, a little chilly for New York. Temperatures, low 60s, mid-60s by Saturday in D.C., 62 in Cincinnati. 50s in Chicago and looking ahead to the week into the get into next week cooler along the east coast warmer than average in the midsection of the country and a little cooler than average actually it's cooler not cooter but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that, why is that so funny to me I don't know and that is your latest weather guys
1: oh thank you still ahead historic moves by women in Major League Baseball Sam Brock on the story hi Sam
3: Hi, Savannah. Guys, good morning. The last few years have seen a breakthrough for women in professional sports, especially in baseball. Big news now from Miami, where I am, all the way out to San Francisco, for women who have trailblazed first in the field. That story coming up
2: momentarily. Oh, looking forward to that, Sam. Also ahead, touching new tributes to the life and legacy of Suzanne Summers, led by her husband, Alan, by her side for a remarkable 55 years. Who's going to join us to celebrate Suzanne and their incredible love story. But first, this is Today on NBC.
10: Hey,
11: it's Mel Robbins. Let's cut to the chase. There is a change you want to make right now, but you're waiting to feel motivated. You don't need motivation. You've got me. You can change your life anytime you want. And when you're ready, the Mel Robbins podcast is here to help you with inspiration and simple science-backed tools to help you create a better life. Listen to me and you'll feel motivated, all right. Listen and follow the Mel Robbins podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
12: When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match.
1: 7:30. How about we turn to baseball? Yeah, good idea. More women are blazing a trail in America's pastime. We've seen the major league's first female general manager, the first female manager in the minors, and now the first managerial candidate for a big league club.
2: Yeah, a lot of girl power going on. NBC Sam Brock's at the home of the Miami Marlins. He's got more on this story. Hey, Sam.
3: Hi, Hoda, Savannah, Craig, good morning. A lot of girl power, a lot of significant news as well. We were out here in front of Lone Depot Park only a couple of weeks ago talking about the historic achievement of Kim Ang, who just became the first woman GM in any of the four major sports leagues in the U.S. to guide her team to the playoffs. Well, now Ang is ending her time with the Marlins with questions abounding as to where she'll go next. As thousands of miles away, guys, in San Francisco, the Giants considering a historic hiring of their own. Over the last few years, Major League Baseball breaking boundaries that have endured for generations. With perhaps the most significant symbol of that growth, former Marlins GM Kim Ang, who's now out of that role.
10: I think when I got the job, I understood the magnitude for society, for my career.
3: Ang talking with us only two weeks ago about rewriting history by reaching the playoffs. But in a stunning turn of events Monday, the Marlins posted this statement. Although the club exercised its team option for her to return for the 2024 season, Kim has declined to her mutual option. We thank Kim for her contributions during her time with our organization and wish her and her family well. After first starting the job three years ago, Ang talking to Hoda about the decades-long trek to get to the mountaintop.
2: Did you not get jobs because you're a woman?
12: You know, it's hard to say, but I would suspect yes.
3: Now, the main question is what job she'll take next, with speculation swirling about the recent GM opening with the Boston Red Sox. Ang telling The Athletic and MLB.com she had a fundamental disagreement with Miami management about reshaping baseball operations. Meanwhile, on the country's other coastline.
8: It's like hitting a wall.
3: (laughs) Alyssa Nackens already etched her name into the history books with the San Francisco Giants. Hi.
8: How are you? Get
3: in here.
12: Coming in, squeezing yeah. in.
3: The first woman tapped to serve full-time on a big league coaching staff.
4: She is a great trailblazer.
3: Former star softball player at Sacramento State, now believed to be the first woman formally interviewed ever for a managerial job. A story broken by the Athletics' Andrew Baggerly.
8: She's just part of the team. As more women move into positions of leadership, it's just going to mean that there's going to be more of a pipeline of people that will follow.
3: At a time, baseball has fundamentally overhauled some of its oldest rules, its developments off the diamond that may finally be leveling the playing field.
2: Be interesting, Sam, to figure out what happens with Kim Ang. We're curious about that. And also, let's talk about Alyssa for a second. If she is selected for the job, what do the next steps look like?
3: Sure. So Alicia, listen, it should be noted, Hoda is only 33 years old. If she was selected as this manager for the Giants, she would become by far and away the youngest manager in Major League Baseball. So the San Francisco Giants so far have not commented on that, but at the very least, this is an indication of their investment in her. She started with the franchise in 2014 as an intern. And as you look at that picture right there, Hoda, that is also indicative of her and her husband announcing that they're expecting their first child oh. in February. Wow. So a lot going on right now in the and. Naken- Household baby knack on the way, the newest member of the San Francisco Giants due in February, right before pitchers and catchers. Cut it back to you. Oh,
2: <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet. Look forward to hearing more about that. And I'm very curious about Kim wow. yeah. She's doing such a bang up job in Miami. I'll be curious maybe, where she wants to. Maybe winds up. the Red where Sox. She going to land next? Yeah. Maybe, the uh, maybe the Mets. Maybe the Mets. <laughs> we'll see. It'd be fun if she were in New York, uh, wandering around. Be fun.
0: Uh, just ahead, Carson's going to get us ready for the long awaited return of the crown with a sneak
1: peek at its final season featuring young princes William and Harry. But first, this morning, we're going to celebrate the life of Suzanne Summers with the person who knew her best, her beloved husband, Alan. They were just inseparable for 55 years. And Alan's so kind to join us this morning. He's going to shine a light on their remarkable bond right after this.
0: We're back at 740
1: now with touching new tributes to Suzanne Summers. A beloved actress, author, and entrepreneur passed away over the weekend following a long battle with cancer, and by her side until the end.
2: Her husband, Alan Hamill. He describes their 55 years together as magical. We're going to talk to Alan in just a moment, but first, a little more on Suzanne's life and their amazing love story. Suzanne Somers rose to superstardom for her roles on the small screen, from Chrissy Snow on Three's Company to the face of iconic infomercials promoting products like the ThighMaster. Somers died Sunday, over 20 years after being diagnosed with an aggressive form of breast cancer. The actress was surrounded by her family, including her longtime husband, Alan Hamill.
4: We had uh, 55 really wonderful years together and 42 years where we were not apart for not even an hour. We were together constantly.
2: Married in 1977, the couple raised a blended family of three children together. Summers recalled some of those challenges here on Today.
10: And there were no rules at that time for blending families. And to put them together took a lot of patience. Oh, beautiful.
2: The couple also told us about their secrets to success as both romantic and business partners.
10: I really wanted people to know it it works. When it works, it works. But we've been in
4: business for all these years. And it's like a figure eight, you know, the 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 personal, the family, the kids and etc.
2: Fans leaving flowers at her Hollywood Walk of Fame star Monday on what would have been her 77th birthday as friends and family posted heartfelt tributes. Her son, Bruce Summers Jr., writing to me, she was just mom. She'll live through me as she taught me to be kind, to be present, to love and to be loved. Wow, that is a remarkable life, an incredible love story, and we're so honored to welcome in Suzanne's husband, Alan Hamill. He's a friend of the show, as was Suzanne for many, many years. Alan, we're so, so sorry for your loss. Just, first of all, how are you doing this morning?
4: Uh, a little in and out. Uh, I sail along and everything's okay. And then I uh, realize uh, what has happened. And uh I, I go into it again. Mm. But I've had the family. The family's been here since Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's been saving me. And it's great. Uh, But uh, I I know my life is going to change. I I don't care one way or another. But, uh, and we had talked about this day coming. And we thought it was going to be me because I'm 10 years older. Mm -hmm. And, If that happened, she would be alone, which was a terrible conundrum, the idea of her being alone. Anyway, you know, life is hard, Mm. and you got to deal with it, and here we are. She was an amazing, amazing woman. Aside from all her accomplishments, she was an amazing wife and an amazing mother as well. She's the one who pulled our family together. I didn't do it. She did it. And she really knew what she was doing. So I will, I will miss her.
1: Oh, I mean, you were literally inseparable for so many years. I know you probably feel like just a piece of you is, is missing this morning. How were her final days? Were you able to, in these, in these last weeks, say your goodbyes? And um, how was she doing?
4: She was doing okay. Not great, but she was doing okay, and we had conversations. We faced reality, like uh, who knows what's going to happen down the road. And uh, so uh, we talked about, you know, what are you interested in maintaining whatever happens? Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, we've worked so hard to provide uh, incredible products for all my ladies. All the clean organic products. She said, uh, I hope that we'll continue doing that long after I'm gone. Mm. And uh, I said, let's not talk about after you're gone. She said, well, so the reality is I've been, you know, fighting this thing for a long time, and who knows what's going to happen down the road. She said, let's just make sure that suzannesummers.com it's still developing incredible products mm. for the marketplace. Yeah, my-
2: Alan, um, we have we were here. We've watched Suzanne as she battled cancer for many, many years. She used both Eastern and Western medicine and we watched her thrive right here in our studio. I can picture you guys both in that corner over there. But when the end came, Alan, were were you surprised by that or was it expected
4: I I I I wouldn't say I was surprised. <clears throat> I uh, she was heavy breathing at the very end, and I gave her a, a pill to relax the breathing, but it, it didn't work. And I was grateful that I was with her when she left us, and it was very peaceful, and it was beautiful and she was beautiful Mm. and we had the whole family come and they've been here ever since and we've been very upbeat about what's going on Uh, there hasn't been a grim moment Uh, every time i feel it coming on i leave the room so i can be alone and uh, but that's life i don't know what else to do Mm.
1: Well, Alan, I'm so glad you're surrounded by love and the family that you created with Suzanne. What a legacy in addition to everything else. You have our deepest condolences and admiration as well. Sending our love.
2: Yeah, she left us with so much right here. There's so many people who are touched deeply and you know that by your by your beautiful wife. So we wish you all the best, Alan. Okay.
4: Yeah, I want to thank the, literally, it started off as thousands, then tens of thousands, and then hundreds of thousands. I want to thank all those all those people, all those ladies mm. and gentlemen. And obviously, we can't respond to everybody. But I just want to really thank you. You poured out your heart about your relationship with Suzanne and how she influenced you. And uh, I'm grateful to hear that. Thank you very much. Thank you,
2: Alan. We appreciate it. Take good care, okay? Mm. Be well, Alan. Ah, oh, she was she was just a legacy, Al. I know that yeah. you knew her and interviewed her many times as well, didn't you? Just such
9: a light, yeah. yeah. yeah the, and that was uh, that smile. She'd come in here, yeah. And Alan always just yeah. standing off to the uh. side. It was uh, they were a terrific partnership. Uh-huh. Yeah, we yeah. should all aspire to something like that. Well, we look today, and uh, we've got a few sh- scattered showers in the northeast. Cool start to the southeast. Where we've got warmer than average temperatures from Texas into the Rockies. Windy in the northern plains. Plenty of sunshine along the west coast and that's your latest weather guys
3: all right al thank you coming up we're gonna if you have kids gather them around and tell the pop starts coming up because we got a special announcement from our friends at sesame street they are not going to want to
10: miss yeah